Hello, my name is John Russos, and this is a toast to my naivety. It's all brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. This is episode 10 of 10, Pathetic and Capable. Enjoy. The other day, Denise took her 10 during a lull in the action, leaving me downstairs with a coworker who wears finger sleeveless mittens and vapes from a device that looks like the handle of a 44 Magnum. It was after a few quiet minutes around the registers that I spoke up to ask her if she'd ever caught anyone shoplifting, but she stopped me mid-sentence to tell me that I dress like a Christian summer camp counselor. The last couple of shifts have had a similar introductory tone as the first, just with a gradual increase in responsibility. I don't hang around Denise as often. I'm I'm on my own more. I'm, I'm feeling more comfortable living off the company creed, the five demands. Rarely will you catch me without a smile. And I hope that I've always been saying my pleases and thank yous, but I've been taking much stricter note of them recently. I run clothes quicker too, and I tidy up things a bit quicker too, and it's only been a little over a week. Still... While I've shadowed Denise for thousands of dollars in business, I still don't feel comfortable at the register. I suggest that she stays close when it comes to anything in that universe. I I look on at the more seasoned employees when they're at the register, and I I look at them with an amazement similar to my Yaya watching on as I send a text. Their fingers move so fast, and half the time they're not even looking. They're talking with the people checking out and their coworkers, simultaneously conversating with the customers, asking them about their experience at the store, while detailing some sort of insignificant event that happened with their significant other to a fellow lanyarded comrade. It's incredible. And I know I should believe in myself, but I just can't see me ever being that confident, not at that station. On my third day, Denise had just been pulled aside to help escort a group of preteens to the fitting room when a woman with transition glasses tried to buy a pair of white pants. Alone at the helm, I found out that the pants weren't in the system. I scanned them correctly, I think. I swiped across the screen. I did everything to find them, but they weren't there, and it didn't help that they were on sale too, 15%. And so on my third day, I learned that 15% of 3499 isn't a whole number. I had nothing to ring up, nothing to open the register with. So I asked the lady, I said, do you have, do you have exactly 2974? Uh, No, only card. Why are you whispering? I looked behind her to see a few more parties snake around a wall of scrunchies, all of them with clothing hanging off their arms, like strips of pasta laying out to dry. You know what? It's on the house. I told her, sorry. Don't worry about it. Thank you for choosing H&M. What? No, I'm gonna pay. I should have seen the transitional glasses as a sign that she'd not let me off the hook too easy. I looked at the line, now four parties deep, who seemed to be buying out half the store. I'd already walkie-talkied the managers three times that shift, suggesting help with the more mundane activities. Surely I'd exhausted all of my lifelines. If three strikes, you're out. And so there I was, stranded with someone who looked like a more feminine Ira Glass, demanding that I charge her for a pair of white pants. What's the Labor Day rule? Could I have used it there? I was getting ready to tell her that I had no idea what to do when she took the pants from the counter and held them up against her waist. (sighs) Who am I kidding? She said under her breath, then walked away. I'm a lot more tired after these shifts so far 
than I was working at the company with dogs, the seltzer-loaded fridges, and 401k plans. And forgive me for thinking that working at H&M would be a walk in the park. I thought it would be less emotionally investing, but the more I think about it, I'm not even sure I know what that term means. But I, I've been so tired, I haven't really wrote much. If anything, after these these first few shifts, this first week, my energy totally zapped, and maybe that's what happens when you're exposed to hour-long loops of the same indie pop songs, or or maybe it's the tile of the store, and that might be it. I'm doing a lot of standing, a lot of walking, a lot of standing, and the surface is very unforgiving. I stood a lot at the job down at City Center, but they let me stand on a sort of standing mat. A woman in HR told me that it was good for my back and legs. I didn't believe her. She had a lot of piercings and would wear flowy pants. She was someone who would say that the solution to every problem was a shot of ginger. Have you tried adding Himalayan salt? She might have said. But the mat was on the company dollar, so I gave it a go. And now I'm starting to think there was some truth to it. Shame on me for assuming that H&M would carry flannels. They don't. I, I figured you'd need something a bit more rugged, a bit more privy to sweat and the tang that comes with body odor to balance out the energy that comes from our bay of scarves. I, I let the girl with the tattoo of the snake resting on the bed of roses know this. I told her that I couldn't get her the flannel, but I could sort of almost outfit her like Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's, minus the pearls and the gloves in the dress, and I, I told her I could get her some black clothing. She told me that she hadn't seen the movie, and I told her that I hadn't either. And so our conversation ended there. This evening, the store manager addressed us before our shift to say that closing tonight was very important that we were to be assessed by corporate the following morning, and I, I wasn't too sure exactly what that meant, but it seemed serious And how the manager added, we scored a 36 last time. A voice that I hadn't met yet asked from the back of our huddle, out of 40? Out of 100, the manager said. I'd only worked one closing shift before this, and I thought it was pretty easy. I might even say pleasant. The way Denise and I tidied up the men's floor, we picked up pants and we straightened out the underwear bin, and instead of small talk, we waded into the deeper waters of conversation. Denise revealed some more personal things, talking about her boyfriend of a year and a half, and I too opened up about my troubles on Tinder. We got out of there in 25 minutes, which is standard apparently. I hit Burger King on the way home. It was a good night. This time around, the manager made it a point that we are to be more thorough, no stone left unturned, that each department is to look immaculate. Don't shove stuff together, she said. She added that every section was to be treated as an A section and that we should be prepared to stay a little longer. And when she did, we nodded in unison, ready to follow our leader into whatever kind of fray. She said, yas, then sent us off. Doors close at 9, but that doesn't mean that people won't come in at 8.55. It also doesn't guarantee that they won't sort through each installation like it's a bin at Goodwill. If anything, the time crunch is more of an incentive to tear through as many selections as possible. Tonight, I handed some change and a bag full of outfits for toddlers to a middle-aged Russian woman when my nose caught drift of what smelled like juniper and diesel fuel, Axe body spray. I picked my head up and saw a group of five guys, all of them stuck in their collegiate years and all of them, for whatever reason, with blonde hair, walk in. 
I approached them with the company's demands in mind and politely let them know that we were closing in five minutes, but they chose to ignore me. I fired off pleasantries from point blank and all I got back was a, Kean, I think they have the puffy jackets here. As they began to do their damage, I stood back, considering how fairly organized the department was. I considered how Denise wasn't working this shift with me, citing something about a day off. I considered how it was a slow night, until it wasn't. At 8.58, they'd moved through the puffier jackets, through the bomber and cargo ones too. They flayed each pair of ripped and non-ripped jeans to the floor, and were making headway past the register to go play with some of the sweaters. Their leader, the Alpha, he was the taller of the bunch with broad water polo shoulders. He left the pack around the sweaters and made his way to the fedoras, where I intercepted him, and I let him know that if they're going to buy something, now was the time. He slowed down his walk, he stared at me, and then he scoffed and picked a hat off the rack. Without thinking, he stood in front of a mirror. He posed for a few seconds, then said, Fog, this low-key hits. He snapped a photo, then as he was slipping his phone back into his pocket, a text message sounded, prompting him to read it, then call out to his followers that, Kayla texted, let's bounce. He tried to frisbee the hat to the rack, missed, said fuck it, and then left. I stood in place for a minute and thought back to a couple mall trips where I could have properly hung shirts or taken the extra seconds to correctly fold up a pair of pants when I was the shopper. And how during those times in the men's section of a Forever 21, I told myself that this would give the employees something to do if they were bored, picking up chewed denim that I had ragdolled to the ground. And now here I was, getting walked over by five guys with unnaturally blonde hair, very just punishment for my own previous behavior. I was mid-self-belittlement when the manager came up from behind me. I told her that a tornado flew around the department before she came and, and that if she could just please excuse the mess it made. But she didn't pick up the reference. None of the other employees knew what had happened right before we closed, and they weren't seeking an explanation for why I was so far behind in the closing process, why it was 10.30, and why they were still there. Instead of a smile and words of positive encouragement, they approached me with slanted brows and disgust, looking down at me, folding a cashmere sweater, asking what I hadn't gotten to yet. The girl with the nose ring came last and seemed to be the most agitated. She was the one I noted not to cross during my time here, but there she was, cursing at me with a glare. She took a headphone out and asked me, what hasn't been done? I couldn't catch my train of thought. She seemed so intense. Her words came with no empathy. I was real here, with consequences that came in the form of people working all in spite of me. I wanted to tell her, but you don't get it. There was this one guy. He was tall and had an upper back that you could plant a field of corn on. He walked in and he started throwing clothes everywhere. I'm competent, I promise. But those words didn't come out. In fact, not much really did. I just pointed her over to the bin of briefs and boxers. She didn't say anything, but she left me with an expression which screamed that I was no longer the curious, bambi-eyed employee, but that I was a team member, just as pathetic and capable as the rest of them. Everyone, my name is John Russos. This has been a toast to my naivety, all of it brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support. I appreciate the love. I can feel it. I hope you enjoyed these batches of episodes. I hope you enjoyed the series. And with that, until next time.